Welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Mike Smith. Thank you. Have a seat, everybody. Who's good? About eight people. Who, who's bad? <laughs> okay. Today I want to talk on a subject that I think all of us will be able to relate to. It's a subject that I think every Old Testament saint could relate to, every New Testament saint and hero could relate to. I think it's something that every, every Christian in the history of Christianity can relate to. It's a subject that I think is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly important, and I'm going to be speaking on it today. The subject is the importance of successfully navigating our way through trials. The importance of successfully navigating, navigating our way through trials. And the scripture that I want to look at is uh, James chapter 1 and starting with just verse 2. James chapter 1 verse 2. And uh, James says this to us. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever whenever you face trials of many kinds. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Other versions, this is the NIV, other versions say when you face trials of many kinds. The reality is for all of us at some stage in our life, sometimes many times in our lives, we are going to be faced with trials. James doesn't say if you face them, he says, when you face them. We are all at some stage going to be facing trials. Now, some of you yesterday, if you were a Collingwood supporter, you probably would consider you're going through a bit of a trial. Do we have any Collingwood supporters here? Not one. Isn't that amazing? Then could I say then, could I say then that if Collingwood won, this whole congregation will be going through a trial? Because... <laughs> You know, there's, we are all going to be facing trials, and I do believe that our ability, our ability to navigate our way through difficult times when they come will have a profound influence upon our lives. And I will say profound influence. Um, they can make and they can break, and they do come. So we need to be able to navigate um, our way through. So in this message this morning, if you're taking notes and you want a title, my title is going to be Turning Trials into Testimonies. Turning your trial into a testimony. I want to start off by sharing a story about a Bible character, um, one of the early church Christians, um, a young guy called Silas. Um, Silas was numbered amongst the prophets and teachers and he had a moment where it was though all of his dreams came true. He was asked by the super apostle, the apostle Paul, to travel with him. Now, you know, Paul was the, uh, the legendary Christian of the early church, well, one of them anyway. And so Silas started traveling with Paul. Um, I won't show you any scriptures here because I'll explain the story, but it, um, basically I'm going to be talking about Acts chapter 16. 
And um, what we have, Paul, Silas is now traveling with Paul, and immediately the journey that they go on, it becomes a totally supernatural journey. God is leading them clearly. He's leading them through the voice of the Holy Spirit. He's leading them through dreams and visions. Silas is just out of his skin, traveling with Paul, aware that he is just being led supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. He's thinking, this is as good as it's going to get. Not only was he led by the Holy Spirit, but then, but then God starts moving powerfully with Paul and Silas. People get born again. Demons get cast out. You know, the glory of God, it's, it's, it's all happening. This is, he is now, he's been led by God into a supernatural journey, which is amazing. But the fact is, the unexpected happened. Going, the, Silas is there thinking, I am in the center of God's will. I am being led by the Lord. The Holy Spirit is with me. The results are amazing. The kingdom is being established. But then they get arrested, and the Bible tells them that they were severely beaten with rods. Um, I've not been severely beaten by rods. I haven't even been moderately beaten or slightly beaten or lovingly beaten or whatever with a rod, even though I did get caned at school a lot. But that was what they did back in those days. <laughs> and that was a trial in itself. <laughs> but anyway, so, so Paul and Silas, in the center of God's will, they are, they've been severely beaten. They've been thrown into the dungeon. Their feet are in stocks. This is a type of situation whereby I don't get it. I just don't understand. I was led by God. I'm a good person. I've been doing everything I can to serve God. I haven't done anything wrong. I've been led by, I have, I've been, been led by God. God has been helping me. But look at me now. I'm in extreme pain. I've been severely beaten. I'm in jail. I'm just, it's, it, was, it, was, it was pretty intense. It was an intense trial. It was a difficult trial. It was a very difficult trial. Look, the fact is, trials are difficult. You're going through a trial right now? It's difficult. I know it's difficult. We have varying, we go through, trials take different, trials come in different forms. You can have moderate trials. You know, I've been in a situation before where coming to church, I've, driving from South Bank where I live, I've hit every single red light. A moderate trial. You get speed camera which happens. A moderate trial. It's still a trial. It's annoying. It gets us annoyed, upset. But there are major trials. Some people go through major trials, terrible trials. Family, family deaths. Abusive situations. Maybe financial ruin. Just a whole lot of things that stretch us to the absolute limits of endurance. The fact is, trials do come. This was a massive trial that Paul and Silas experienced. But when these trials come, we have got to have wisdom to navigate our way through. Silas modeled this in Acts chapter 16. We see he models what to do when we are going through the unexpected. When we simply, God, I just don't understand. I don't understand what's happening to me. What did they, what did they do? Well, I'll tell you what they could have done. They could have said, God, you've let me down. 
I have been serving you. I've been doing everything right. You led me into this situation. God, I'm angry with you because you've let me down. People do that. They blame God. God, I'm disappointed in you. You've let me down, God. I trusted you. And look what's happened. Was that their response? No, it wasn't their response. Their response was, the Bible tells us, that at the midnight hour, with broken backs, feet in stocks, in the dungeon, the Bible says they prayed and they worshipped God. They sang hymns to God. I can just imagine that they were there, in stocks, singing, you're a good, good father, and I'm loved by you, and you're perfect in all of your ways. They were singing and worshipping God. They could have been angry with God. They could have been confused with God. They could have been blaming God. But they prayed and they worshipped God. Through a terrible trial, through a terrible trial, they navigated their way. They've given us a model response of how to cope, what to do in a trial. How can they do that? You may say, well, how could they do that? How can, it, how can, it, how can we possibly praise God and worship Him and have peace when we are going through a trial that we simply don't understand. How can we do that? I think it's quite simply because they knew their God so well. They knew God. They had a deep relationship with Him. They knew Him. I believe that they had an empowering belief system. In their heads and in their hearts, there, there were things that they knew, unshakable things that they knew. God, I know you are good. God, I know that you love me. God, I know that you are perfect in all of your ways. And God, even though I don't understand what's happening to me, I know that you are in control. These were deep-seated things that they knew in their heads and in their hearts. And it enabled them at a time when some people would be angry with God and will say, I'm going to walk away from you now, God. They were able to worship God and pray. And we know the result. If you look at the end of the story, um, well, they were, they were released. They were greatly apologized to. Their wounds were healed. Um, many people came to Christ. They went to the next place and their ministry exploded you know, navigating our way through trials. I think this is so important because we all go through them. You may be going through one right now. No, many of you may be going through one right now. They come in life. When I received Christ as my Lord and Savior, I didn't think that everything was going to be, that I was never going to have trials in life. They do come. We need to navigate our way through. And we do come through with great victory and with great blessing. So for the remainder of my message, I just want to share personally about things that I've learnt about trials. Things that I've learnt after being a Christian now for 40 years. It's 40 years this year. I love it. 40 years. 40, 40 in the Bible is considered to be the number of preparation you know, Moses was um, 40 years in the desert being prepared. Um, Israel in the wilderness for 40 years. Jesus was 40 years being, being tempted. The time of preparation. I'm excited about that. God has taken all this time to prepare me for my future. But I've been a Christian for 40 years and I've been a minister for 33 years. I've seen a lot. 
I've gone through many, many trials myself. And I have witnessed people who have gone through many, many trials themselves. And I have learned things. I've got, I, I have understanding about this. And so I just want to just share in the remaining time that I've got some of the things that I've picked up. I've got to say at a very, very young age, at a very young age as a Christian, God gave me a revelation about this whole issue. I, I was probably going through trials at the time and I, I got a revelation. It was a revelation that I got from the book of Daniel, um, chapter 3. In fact... I, um, the revelation I got, I still remember, it was the second sermon I ever preached in my life, which goes back 33 years ago. It was at um, Hills Christian Life Center, which then became Hillsong. And it was the second sermon I, uh, that, I ever, that I ever preached. And it was on Daniel chapter 3, because it's the story that you know. The, um, God's people were in captivity in Babylon, and the king Nebuchadnezzar wanted, he was, an, he was a very, very proud man, and he wanted everybody to worship him. And so basically he said, you either worship me or you will be thrown into a fiery furnace, a fiery trial. We know that story. It's in um, Daniel chapter 3. Anyway, there are three Hebrew boys, Meshach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three Hebrew boys who loved God, and they said, King, we will not bow down to you. And he said, if you don't bow down to me, you will be thrown in the fire, and you will, be, you will, be, you will die in, in a couple of seconds in the heat. And they said, well, so be it, but we will not bow. Anyway, I just want to read what happened. We're going to look at from Daniel chapter 3 from verse 20. And we're just going to um, show what happened. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army, that's King Nebuchadnezzar, to, to bind, bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego securely Tide fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a God. God spoke to me as a very young Christian incredibly powerfully through this passage of Scripture. And he gave me some wonderful insights into trials. And the big one for me, the big one for me that I want to throw to you guys, and it's, it's pretty obvious, the big one is this. Three of them went in. But when they were in, there was a fourth one amongst them, walking with them, walking with them. And the fourth one looked, looked, like, looked like a god, the fourth man. Can I, can I just say this so clearly, that when you go through trials, you are not alone, that you have got God walking with you, that you have God walking with you. If you know that you've got God walking with you, you've also got to know that there is going to be a solution. There is going, something is going to happen. He is walking with you. He was the fourth man in the fiery furnace. And here's a word for you, for somebody here or for me, maybe for all of us here. Isaiah 43 from the second part of verse 1 onwards. This is a word. Take this on board as though God was speaking to you. Do not be afraid. 
for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burnt up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God's saying that you will not be destroyed by trials. Praise God for that. And so for me, how do I feel about that? I'm thinking, he's with me. He's walking with me. He's, wa- he's walking with me. So I'm going to walk my way through this trial. I'm going to walk through with him. I'm going to walk through. I'm not going to lie down. I'm not going to lie down and mope and cry. And even though sometimes initially we do mope and cry, but we, we pick ourselves up. We do not lie down. We pick ourselves up. And if we go through a trial, we say, Lord, I'm walking through, I'm, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to, I'm going to push through this. I am going to come out the other side because I'm walking with you. Now, what I've discovered and what I've seen and experienced personally is that I know that when I walk through difficult times, when I don't give up, when I don't just lie down and get angry with God, but when I, when I get up there and I sing praises to God and I pray and I say, God, I don't understand this, but I'm just simply going to keep walking with you. When I do that, I'll tell you what I have experienced, and I've, I actually get these points from this, this particular scripture. The first thing is this. I believe that God provides opportunities. There's opportunities. When we go through trials, we can either look at them as something that's going to destroy us, or we think, no, no, I'm going to get, uh, there's opportunities here. There's opportunities here. And the first one is this. For me personally, it's been an opportunity for a closer walk with God. When I go through trials, it is an opportunity for a closer walk. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I have felt so much under siege that I can either run from God or I can run to God. And when I run to God, there are times where it's kind of like, God, I just need you desperately right now. And I draw so close to God. You know, it's a bit like um, David at that time when he was at the end of himself. The Bible says that David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. There are other times when people strengthened him, when Jonathan strengthened him. But there are some times in life that we, that we need more than people. People are great, but there are times when we need to recognize that God alone is going to get us through this. So we draw closer. We draw so close. You know, sometimes we just rest in his presence. And you know what? Sometimes those close times are times where we actually aren't going to draw that close when everything's going well. We can draw that close, but the desperation's not there. If, if, the, if the only thing that is going to sustain us is by God's presence, then um, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for a closer walk. Uh, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, I love this, Jesus speaking. Jesus said, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. His presence is a supernatural place. And when we go through difficult times, there is a tendency to run 
for some people. But can I just say, it's an opportunity to run so deeply, deeper than you've ever gone in your relationship with God and just come to a place where God, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. In your presence, I'll add some other things, there's fullness of comfort. In your presence, there is fullness of strength. It is, it is so potent. I could tell you story after story after story after story, but I'm just going to tell you one story. Um, it's a story that, has, that I heard many, many years ago, and it's always, it's always impressed me and, and remained with me about the presence of God during times of trouble. It was a testimony at a conference, and a minister who had been imprisoned, I think it might have been in China. He'd been imprisoned for many, many years in China. And in this prison, he wasn't allowed to worship God or pray or do anything Christian. But they gave, he was given a job to do, and the job was he had to clean out the prison toilets. And it was like, a, it was deep in the dungeon. It was like a sewer where it was all there. And he had, to get, he had to go down there in this terribly smelly, revolting place. He was a man who just loved God with all of his heart. And this was what he, what, what he was doing in this smelly, terrible place. But at this conference, he stood up and testified, and he said, this was the highlight of my week when I went down there because the guards wouldn't even come close because the smell was so bad and I would worship God with all of my heart and the presence of the Lord, the joy of his presence would come upon me and, 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 and I'd be completely sustained by his presence. You know, the joy of the Lord shall be our strength. When we go through trials, it's an opportunity to have a closer walk. But then a closer walk, I believe... Well, then another opportunity here leads to the opportunity of a transformed walk. A closer walk leads to a transformed walk. Transformed. The three boys were thrown in bound and they came out loose with freedom. They went into that trial with bondages in their lives and they came out free. The only thing that burnt in the fiery trial was the things that were binding them. And that that can happen. Have a look at um, James again. Um, We'll read a bit more of it this time. James chapter 1 and verses 2 to 4. And James says, Consider it all joy, my, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Oh my goodness, consider it joy. Why? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. The trials, James says, consider it joy when you go through trials because the end result is that you will be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. There is a, a growth in character and maturity. It's, it's a supernatural thing. It's a God thing. As we navigate our way, as we navigate our way through trials in a godly way, I believe that God will enlarge us and enlarging will take place. Certainly, as I look at my own life, when I've gone through trials and I run towards God and I come into his presence, enlarging does take place in me. I'll tell you what happens to me. He shows me, God will often show me what the trial's all about, why it's happened. 
let me just let me just explain. You could be in a situation where you'll go, okay, trials. Let's just talk about conflicts. Let's talk about family conflicts, friend conflicts, work conflicts. So many people are in trials because there's conflict with people. It's one of the biggest forms of trials. And we can be so angry with people and we can be so, you know, it's not fair, I'm being bullied or this is happening and this is happening and people, people, people. And we come before God and then we just come before God in his, deep in his presence and God says, okay, I'm going to just reveal a few things to you. I'm just going to peel you a little bit here. Some of these issues, yes, those people, there are issues there, but I'm now going to show you some issues about yourself. And God starts to speak to us about ourselves, and we go, oh, my goodness, I just didn't realize that about me. I can see why they responded, because I've responded this way. And we start to, it's as though that as we go through the trials and we do it well and we do it with God, God starts to reveal things about ourselves. You know, I've had situations, for instance, where I've been going through a trial because I may have something physically wrong, sickness or something, and I'm freaking out over it. And I come before God and I start in, in his presence and just seeking in his presence. And as I wait there, God starts to speak to me about, hey, I'm your heavenly father. I brought you out of the kingdom of darkness. I love you. You are my child. And faith starts to grow and grow and grow. And I go into that situation full of fear. And I come out full of faith. I'm bigger. You know, I go in there worrying about things. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. I'm worried about everything. I'm worrying about stuff. I come before the Lord, the closer walk. And God says, hey, we do have a serious lack of trust on your behalf here. And God starts speaking and speaking, and I come out different. I come out better. I come out transformed. I go in bound, and I'm coming out loosed. These things happen. Whenever we come intimately in God's presence with a closer walk, he will start revealing things about us for our benefit. Praise God. Closer walk leads to a transformed life through trials. Um, I just want to share one story with you. I thought about this the other day. It came out of nowhere. Uh, There was a film in the 1980s called um, An Officer and a Gentleman with Richard Gere. And it was about a young guy who went into officer school and he was a bit of a scoundrel. And he had a, a sergeant who was smashing this guy, you know, the, you know just absolutely. It was, a tri- it was a trial of this young guy's life as this sergeant was absolutely hammering him on all sides, insulting him, making him do push-ups, you know, just, just beating him up. It was just a terrible trial. But this guy had real issues when he went in. This young guy had real issues. And this sergeant major just started beating him up. And in about the second last scene of the movie, the young guy finally comes through as an officer. And he goes up to that sergeant who had been done incredible trials to him. And the sergeant looks at him and he goes, salutes him. Congratulations. Our trials can serve us in our development if we handle them well. The final thing I'd like to say is... Closer walk, transformed walk, but also a destiny walk. 
Daniel, Daniel um, chapter 3 and verse 30 says this. Daniel 3.30. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. They, came out of the, they went through the trial. They handled it well. They came out of the trial. There was elevation, promotion. They moved further into destiny. I don't know about you, but I do know about me. I want to, how would I put it? Hear this the right way. I want to be promoted in the kingdom of God. I want to be growing. I want to be, I want to be more effective. I want to love God more. I want to serve him better. I want to be able to do more. I just, I've just got to, I, I just want to be the best Christian I possibly can. That's what I want. Um, I don't want to retire. I'm going to refire. You know, it's, it's all about this is what I want. And as I've looked back over my life, I have seen that sometimes it's those trials that I've had to navigate my way through and I haven't understood. I don't know why this has happened, Lord. This shouldn't have happened, but it's happened. But you go in there trusting and walking and trusting walking and you come out and you come out a bigger person and God's got something bigger. It's as though God trusts you with something little, then he gives you more and more. My heart, my, my number one desire in life is, oh, I've got to be careful what I say here because there's so many important Bible things, but okay, one of my favorite things in life is to just to be able to, I just want to serve God. Make my life count. I'll be politically correct here. Our lives count anyway because we are lovers. You know what I'm saying? I just want to, I just want to <laughs> blitz for God in every way. And I know that that trials can help. There's an interesting scripture, Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 10. Isaiah 48 and verse 10. See, I have refined you. Though not as silver, I have tested you. Another version says great, or another meaning is I've graded you in the furnace of affliction. (laughs) Wow. God has... God grades us. He uses, he can use difficulties to grade us. And without going into details here, look at the lives of the great heroes in the Bible and you'll see that pretty much every one of them has come through a trial and they've been graded as a result. It's huge. Okay, closing comment, my closing comment. And I just want to address what I consider to be a bit of an elephant in the room. What about those trials that we go through that seem to have no victory at all in them. You know, there are some trials and there's not many, but there are some that no matter how godly we are, something happens and it's so terrible, so horrible, so, so awful that we just think, I cannot see, possibly imagine how there could be any victory, any joy at all. What sort of trials do I mean? I'm probably talking about maybe things like, Deaths of people who we love, you know, um, deaths or, you know, violent abuse and that type of thing. Really, really horrible things where we say, I simply, I don't understand. How can I possibly ever get peace in this situation? Now, I believe most trials, we will walk our way through with peace. But there are some of those trials where it's just there in our heads and it's, I just cannot see. I don't understand this. And it's so ter- it is so horrible. Well, I just want to finish by showing 
just a couple of scriptures that have given me confidence about this. Um, the first one, I, I, I don't have this up on PowerPoint, so just listen to this. This is a Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things belong to the Lord, our God. The secret things belong to the Lord, our God. But, but the things revealed belong to us. God reveals things to us. But there's no doubt there are some secret things that aren't revealed to us where we simply say, I don't know and I simply cannot fathom this. I just cannot get my head around this. There are some things, God's ways are higher than our ways. There are some things that God, other versions say the hidden things. Some things are hidden. But in his secrecy, he speaks. And there is a scripture which I think is pretty much the bottom line to this, and it's, it's, it's Romans 8 and verse 28, well-known scripture. God does, God does speak to us, and he tells us something that by faith we need to grab hold of. And this is what God says. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. There are sometimes when there is no understanding in our hearts, in our minds at all, where we have simply got to say, God works everything. God is going to make this work for the good. God, God is going to make this thing work. And my take on that is, there are, there are some things, there are some things that we mightn't even see victory in this phase of life but will make sense in the second, in the next phase in life. You know, sometimes we say there's no happy ending to the story. But God may say the story hasn't ended. You've got to understand that you, you've got to understand that all things work together for good. For those who are called according to God's purpose, God's purpose isn't your 70 or 80 years. That's only part, it's the beginning of the purpose. God's purpose goes on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And some things we, we mightn't understand this side of eternity. And in the light of that, my final scripture is from the book of 1 Peter. I haven't got this one down either, but I'm just going to read it to you. I'm going to be reading from 1 Peter, starting in a bit from verse 6. Okay, let me listen to this. Peter, the man who walked on water, says this. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little time. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith, I'll say that again, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. I just want to encourage you guys, 
in the trials that you go through, be like Silas. Trust God. Walk with God. This isn't the end of the story. God, James had the revelation where he said, when you go through these, these things, there are reasons why we can get joy from it. Praise God.